This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM. And it's always more exciting than the news, I can tell you that, though it depends where you are and what you're doing. But essentially, tech always is exciting. There's always new stuff. There's always new products. And the avalanche, I think that's the best way to explain it, the avalanche of new phone launches in the last couple of um, days has not stopped from the Nokia 9. And we're talking to Sean Durant, who's the general manager of Nokia Southern Africa, a little later in Tech Talk Cafe with their new Nokia 9. I'm not going to steal any thunder out of that. I wasn't allowed to talk about it last week because they were launching it last week as we were doing our show. And um, he's got some interesting insights and some amazing technology coming out of that thing. So if you're a Nokia fan, stay tuned for that. I think it'll be really, really, really fascinating. Also, this week, as of yesterday, Samsung launched an onslaught of really interesting phones, their new Galaxy A series, which was, um, which starts really at, uh, around about two grand and moves up all the way up to about 13, 14 grand. So a huge attack at the mid range of a whole range of pretty impressive uh, mobile devices, I must say. I managed to play with them at the launch yesterday. So we'll talk a lot about that. And uh, a whole lot of other new bits and pieces coming up shortly. But what I wanted to talk about today is that 5G is uh, theoretically officially rolling out in South Africa some more, which is great. MTN say have just launched what they call their live indoor 5G network in Kailami. And I'm not sure if I, I've spoken about it, but one of the key benefits of 5G is something that they call network slicing. Right now, if you've got a 4G network, it's a 4G network. You can do what you want with it. It does what it does. It operates in the way that it operates. You get high speeds. You connect to the Internet, and off you go. 5G has taken this whole concept a little bit further, and they call it network slicing. What they can do is they can create a network for a specific purpose within the major network. So imagine a pizza, um, and the whole pizza is 5G, but if you want a particular function, a particular something that only is dedicated to you with your own name or whatever you want to call it for whatever reason you want to use it, and there are lots of reasons, reasons that none of us actually think about. Um, and mostly, and this is where it gets super interesting, most of us use Wi-Fi to do network slicing right now. You can use whatever you want to backhaul it, fiber, ADSL, mobile, but the end little meter between your device or whatever that is and the network happens to be Wi-Fi connectivity. And that's exactly what MTN have done. They've obviously set up a point-to-point 5G connection between one of their base stations and Kailami, which allows massive backhaul capacity. Um, not that Kailami needs additional capacity, but I think it was just a, a proof of concept. And theoretically, they, were, they um, can get speeds of 630 megabytes per second on the, uplo- on the download and 130 megabytes per second on the upload, which is blisteringly fast. Uh, especially for mobile technology. And they do say that should 5G commercial uh, devices come 
available. They will also connect to this network in the nearest future. But the vast majority of the indoor distribution of this fabulous backhaul capacity is still Wi-Fi. So <laughs> you're still limited to the Wi-Fi network for now. And um, it'll be really interesting to see when some 5G devices become available, what uh, is going to happen uh, going forward. We should see a huge amount of improvement in 5G coming or speeds over 5G coming. Now, before we break for our, um, uh, our... This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. See, even though this is Tech Talk, we still managed to get a little bit of politics in. I think it would be very interesting to listen to Mandy Wiener grill five of the political parties. So do go to that. I think it's going to be super interesting. Or tune in and listen. Anyway, back to 5G. Just wanted to, um, <laughs> as usual, all smoke and mirrors. It's not really a real 5G network that MTN are, are launching. And MTN, as early as six months ago, told us, uh, at a at a particular function that they weren't going to be doing 5G for the foreseeable future in in South Africa. The problem is 5G is a steamroller. It is coming at a speed that nobody anticipated, and it's going commercial across the world as we speak in numerous places. Handsets are available. Switzerland's going live. America's going live. Korea is live. So 5G is a thing. And as I mentioned, network slicing, the ability to give a network to a specific company that is dedicated to them and protected from all other networks makes perfect sense. And the reason is quite simple. Right now, most companies use fiber and cables and network hardwired cables to get the types of performance and speed they need for machinery, for data collection, for video. Well, that type of speed, that type of reliability will be available on wireless connections using 5G. And that's where things get super interesting. And the applications of high-speed mobile networks across industry, across things like Kailami, in other words, talking to race cars directly, talking to high-speed sensors on the track, all those sort of things at very, very high speed, high capacity can do the most remarkable things. So we, we, I'm telling you, we need to look forward to this five-year, 5G world that's coming in the next couple of years. It's going to be pretty exciting. Now, here's something that's always bugged me. How many of you guys, every, in fact, every single one of you guys who use a Mac, every time you pull a USB stick out of the port on the Mac, it shouts at you. Unauthorized uh, disconnection, and it gives you a really hard time. The problem in most Mac computers, it can actually corrupt the files, and it has happened on numerous occasions. Now, Windows also had a function that you could uh, sort of safely remove your USB sticks. I think 99.9% of people, including myself, completely ignored that, just hold the USB sticks out and hope for the best. There was a small potential of writing and the, of, of corruption. And the reason really was that a computer system sometimes stores what needs to be written to a drive until the system is is ready to do so. So if you save a file and you immediately pull out your USB stick, occasionally you find that the file didn't get written or the file was corrupted or you interrupted it and things 
broke. Well, that's not going to change. But what Microsoft have finally done is that they will stop telling you that you've removed the USB stick or insisting that you you remove your USB stick by first safely removing it, which I think is a good thing. I mean, it's a silly thing. It's something that most of us don't even think about. And the age of the USB stick with cloud drives and all the rest are fast coming to an end. But finally, they've decided to stop shouting at you every time you use, you remove your USB stick from uh, from your device. And something else that's really, really interesting, uh, a company this week um, – Open Signal announced some really interesting findings of a research project that they run on an ongoing basis, and essentially saying that South African smartphone users experience faster download speeds on mobile than Wi-Fi. And one of the main reasons for that is that 4G availability has come along in absolute leaps and bounds. As of quarter one 2019, which ended in March, 75.9% of the country or the population of the country is now covered by 4G coverage. And, um, but what's also interesting in their research, what they found at the same time as that the availability of 4G has expanded enormously, and they also found that 4G is between 7 and 15 megabits per second faster than the average for Wi-Fi, around about 40%, 39,7%, 40% of people spend well, people spend 40% of their time on Wi-Fi on their mobile devices. So obviously it's a response to the cost of data, and there's no question that our 4G networks are superior and offering far better speeds than the average Wi-Fi network that you can find commercially and even in many people's homes. Even with uh, fiber, a lot of people have fairly inefficient Wi-Fi setups. But most of us spend, well, on average, 40% of people with smartphones spend that time on their on the on a Wi-Fi network, or they'd rather use a Wi-Fi network than a mobile network. I do predict over the next couple of months, and certainly rolling into 2020, with the launch of 5G, a lot of people seem to think 5G will be more expensive. My take on this is that 5G will actually be cheaper than 4G, and it will also drive down the cost of 4G as 5G becomes available, because the cost of data will drop as more and more capability and capacity with spectrum and speed and all the rest come available. So really very, very interesting stuff. And it just bears out that people want to connect more and more and more and more. And South Africans are connecting more and more. The growth in people connecting both to the mobile networks and to the the Wi-Fi networks as a consequence or as part of that has grown by 4 or 5% in the last year year on year. And this is pretty significant. People want to be connected, they want to stay connected, and they want to connect to Wi-Fi networks. So guys, we need to work on our Wi-Fi. There's actually a new standard coming called Wi-Fi 6. You're going to start hearing about that very shortly, um, which is more like mobile than than Wi-Fi is now. It'll have this sort of authentication system where just like a mobile phone, every time you switch it on, it just connects. You don't have to keep putting in your Wi-Fi passwords, even with remote networks. So you'll walk into a a shopping center, and Wi-Fi 6 will auto-negotiate a connection, and off you'll go. You won't even notice that you're not on, on your mobile network. But that is a topic for another time. Now, the last little bit of news, and, and again, something, a topic we've spoken about tons and tons, is that the, the spread of fake news, false information, and Facebook's 
part in this because with so many billions of people, in fact, I would say pretty much every single adult in South Africa and quite a lot of children have a Facebook account and are using Facebook as one of their primary sources of information. So it's no longer a, a, a social network where you just share your breakfast and your dogs and your holidays with friends and family. It's become a massive, massive news network where you share important news, where companies use it to disseminate tons of news. I know that Chai FM use it to share this wonderful program and a whole chunk of others. So Facebook has become this massive, I hate the word portal, but it's become a portal. It's become a, a destination for tons and tons of people to watch videos, read news, catch up with friends and family, and just stay abreast of current affairs. The problem with all of this is that it's become a, an unbelievable way to disseminate fake news and false news and try a little bit of social engineering and do all sorts of things. Well, Facebook have definitely picked this up and um, they are bringing a lot more people into the system to analyze and check the news. They're bringing a lot more algorithms. They're adjusting their algorithms to sniff out the fake news, to find, find ways to depre deprecate, in other words, push down the prominence of things that are perhaps not fake news and try to bring much more relevant content that is actually curated by people, by smart algorithms in a way that simply cuts through a lot of this noise and a lot of this nonsense. Now, before we switch to uh, my interview with uh, Sean Durant, who is from Nokia, just got a quick pick and pay manager special. Um, and you can win great prizes when you shop, shop at Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood. But wait, there are more ways. There are three more ways you can win. If you spend more than five and rand at the Hyper at the Norwood Hyper Kosher Butchery, you write your contact details in the back of your till slip, put them in the box at the bakery, at the butchery, I mean, <laughs> if your name is drawn on Thursday night, and you have to be in store on Thursday night, so you've got to hang around the butchery. A little bit weird, but you've got to hang around. You will win a thousand rand on the spot to spend on meat at the Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood. Hyper Norwood uh, Butchery. The second way is whatever you buy at Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood, you write the details on the back of your slip and put it in the box at the information kiosk that's behind the tills. This is how you enter the Pesach big trolley dash. Whenever you put Whatever you put in your trolley from the Pesach aisle in 60 seconds, you can take home free with the compliments of Pick and Pay. You will also have to be in store for the draw on the 18th of April in order to win. Every Tuesday night until Pesach, you could also win at the tills at Hyper Norwood, spin and win. If you're at the till and your number comes up during the spinning of the wheel, you will win a spot prize. So join Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood Thursday nights from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. All of these events and, and, and prizes will be happening during that time. And Chai FM will be there as well. So come along and enjoy the savings and the fun. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome to Tech Talk Cafe. And with me in the Nokia offices is Sean Durant, who's their general manager for the whole of Southern Africa. That's a big place, Sean. Welcome to the show. And we're talking Nokia. So give us a little, everyone's heard of Nokia, I have no doubt. And give us a little bit of an update of where Nokia is and what you guys have been up to. We've been quietly causing havoc in the market, as I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me. Good catching up with you, as always. Um, yeah, it's been an amazing journey. Um, yeah, For those of you out there that don't know, uh, HMD Global is a Finnish uh, startup company um, with, with a significant blueprint of Finnish heritage uh, in the organization. 
Um, they've basically got the rights to the Nokia brand from a, a smartphone perspective. Um, and we're aggressively now building the traction we need in, in all markets around the world um, you know, with, with that mantra in mind. Uh, we're two years young. So the it's ridiculous. It doesn't feel. It feels like. Well, look, Nokia's been around for so long, and some of the people in Nokia South Africa are still Nokia South Africa. So it doesn't feel like you went anywhere. But two years. That all. That's it. That's it. Wow. I'm, I'm so glad. I mean, you alluded to the fact that well, what's changed, um, and and the more things change, I guess the more they stay the same. And I think that's where it really speaks to you know that Finnish heritage that we've still got really, really entrenched in, in everything that, that we do. Um, yeah. So it's been two years. Uh, we've made some really, really good inroads. We've de developed some really strong partnerships and I'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on um, but the real focus for us is, is obviously the smart device side of the portfolio you know, we've always had this feature phone business that's run inherently for and that continues that I continues. mean the feature phone business continues so the standard little Nokia I mean that 3110 and all the other they are still made and still sold in quantity globally 100% a really really significant part of our business um, generates some really good value for our partners you know, the ARPUs on those devices are significantly higher higher than those of the competition, and that's something we're really proud of. Um, and I guess a, a little known fact, uh, which I can share with you now, is that uh, 2018, we, we regained the number one uh, position globally on feature phone in terms of value, as well as volume devices. That's so pretty impressive, because it's yeah. been a rocky road up to this point. It has. It's been a little bit schizophrenic, and I think that's really only been, you know, been the only constant in the entire process is this, this leverage that we've had on the feature phone business. So for 2019, we're going to double down efforts on that. We're going to continue to So the feature it. phone market, certainly in emerging markets like Africa and South America and probably parts of Asia, is still strong. I mean, people just want a phone to make a few phone calls, send a message, maybe do the odd uh, I don't know what you can do, but some of the feature phones have got semi-smart functionality, yeah. but generally these are not fully functional smartphones. They're not. They're, they're dumb phones, for lack of a better analysis. I mean, I think we've used that term mm. quite a lot in the last Many couple years. of decades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that'll continue. There is, there is a massive market for that. You know, p uh, communication in any shape or form is, is a priority in developing markets, and we want to be at the forefront in terms of delivering on that. And that, that's going to be a, a promise going forward. And, and again, without compromising on any of the quality that that not So the battery life for. and exactly. the pretty much you can throw the thing against the wall and jump yeah. on it, and it still keeps making those calls. Yeah, yeah, that stuff continues exactly, and and I think the success of Feature Phone really speaks volumes around the success we've seen in the reboot of the thirty one ten. As you as you know, yeah. we re, 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 uh, reinvigorated that um, just over a year ago, and that's done phenomenally well in emerging markets. And it's it's been based on not just on the you know on, on, on the premise of of battery life and durability and all that good stuff, but it's there's a lot of nostalgia involved there. You know, people, you can play people, snake on that thing. <laughs> exactly, that's yeah. what counts. I think that's it. You've got yeah. snake addicts. Yeah, and that resonates with people. You know, it's kind of you, you, you see their, their eyes light up when they see it for the first time. They know they want one, but they don't know what they want it for, you know, um, and that's really cool. And then more recently, the 8110, you know, the Matrix Banana phone that we, we uh, announced at, at MWC last year. Um, that's you're really seeing some good traction as well. Um, so, yeah, feature phone significant part of the business for us, and, and, and we'll continue to drive that going But forward. the future is smart devices, no question, as we move into the 5G world and all the whatnot that's going on. Exactly. So 
And that's been quite a significant reboot for you guys. It has. We were very tactical in terms of how we introduced smart devices to our portfolio, what it is we wanted to deliver, what value we wanted to derive for our consumers out there. We knew that going in at the high end from the get-go was never going to work. We needed to build a sense of comfort from a, a base perspective um, in terms of where that opportunity is. You're looking at sub-thousand uh, rand retail to around the 2999 mark. That's the you know, that's where the, the, the sizable part of the market well, I think that's I think the biggest in terms of volume and value. Exactly right. Yeah, and and that's that's the trick is 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 how can we bring superior hardware build, superior experience on device for great value, uh, because value is becoming more and more important for people in markets like South Africa. And a simple question: I mean, there is a ton of cheap phones on the market with brands names no one's ever heard. Nokia is a name that has a lot of brand awareness over the years. I mean, everyone grew up, even those who were tiny in the days of Nokia's heyday, everyone knew Nokia. So are you guys continuing with that brand promise? I mean, is that part of the DNA of what you're producing for the market now? That, Stephen, is absolutely 100% not negotiable. We will not compromise on any of those original pillars that Nokia stood for 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. That is not negotiable um, because people have good memories. You know, if it's not this current generation that is, is, is really intimately aware of the Nokia brand, it's the generation before that and the generation before that. And people don't forget. People understand why Nokia was upward of 70% global share, globally. Well, you know, you know this. Yeah, well, number um, one was number one. Exactly. And there, and there were good reasons for that. We cannot afford to be anything other than that in the product that we take forward. So, so, that so that's a huge cool. differentiator between a no-name two-grand phone and a Nokia two-grand exactly. phone. Exactly. So has it shaken up the market in terms of being able to get a Tier 2 and a Tier 3 product for 15 to 20% less than you could get a, a Tier 1 brand device? Absolutely. But I think over time, people realize why they're paying a little bit more for a Tier 1 brand because it delivers on the promise that us as Nokia are putting out there. Um, so... Although it's it's made it a challenge, it has made it, uh, I guess, uh, it's highlighted the fact that, that, that what we need to deliver on in terms of quality is, is, is so much more important and probably more important than we realized from the get-go. Well, we'll come back to your entry-level phones or your value phones in a minute. But obviously last week, which I was not allowed to, I was very upset because there was an embargo till 1 o'clock <laughs> and I couldn't speak about the Nokia 9 uh, prior to that. But you launched the Nokia 9, which is clearly a flagship phone in the market. Now, I'm going to steal your thunder. You tell us about the Nokia 9. But this is a shot right at the top from Nokia. It is, and, and what it does is is it really speaks to one of the pillars that Nokia became synonymous with over the years of being at the top, and that was around imaging. Imaging was always the strength of a Nokia device. Um, and you'll know this better than anyone. You go back 15, 20 years, imaging was always that. You know, we, we, we had that promise, and we delivered on that promise, and, and the experience was there to back it up. So what better way to come in at a higher level, at the highest level that we've been at up, you know, in the last two years than through an imaging phone. So we've got two, two target markets in this exercise. We have the true Nokia fans, of which there are many out there, and we have imaging folk. People who are fussy about just imaging. 100%. So you combine those two together, and there's a significant opportunity. Were we coming into the market with a Nokia 9 to change the world in terms of volume at that end of the market? Absolutely not. We're under no illusion that that's going to take 
consistent work month in, month out, quarter in, quarter out, year in, year out, before that confidence develops at the scale that it needs to develop to develop a, you know, a successful business at that end. But the value proposition that we're providing is not only that of a cost benefit, because if you compare the costing on that device versus its competition out there, it's 20 to 25% more affordable. And that's got to be valuable for, for a lot of people. So we were but at the same time, I think you need to explain to our listeners because they can't see this thing. Yeah. Um, what's different and what's special? But apart from value, you guys have pretty much done something that no one else has done. Yeah. So I'll leave it to you to explain what, what, so what the Nokia 9 actually is. So it is, it is officially the world's first five array camera. Only, only five cameras. Only the five cameras. Wow. So on the back, it's not, <laughs> it's, not, it's not just about the numbers. So it's not just about having, yeah. you know, seeing how many cameras we can, but it's not really not about that. We knew that whatever it was we delivered in terms of camera technology had to be at a level that has not been put out there yet. So what happens with this five, and I'll try and keep it as yeah. high and simple as possible, but basically what you have is five independent lenses taking a shot of an image simultaneously and Post loading of that image, it knits all iterations together to give you to give you an image that not only develops uh, uh, that not only delivers on breadth of field but also depth of field and allows you to manipulate that raw image. Very important. It is a raw image that is stored because of the way that it's now knitted and integrated on the back end. You can then on your device manipulate. Whatever it is that you need to do, whether it's the Bokker effect, you want to fiddle with coloring, you want to fiddle with depth um, in terms of what's being focused on, what's not being focused on. You do that all on device. And so you this is quite a technological a, feat. I mean, they started off with these funny little fuzzy low-res cameras, and then we went to two cameras and three cameras, and now there's a couple with four cameras. Yeah. But you guys have really taken it pretty much the next level yeah. by using five individual and separate cameras on the back of the phone. Yes. And all of that is put together by software that yes. you guys develop Correct. and then allow them, anybody, to manipulate that stuff like you would in a, in a fancy studio, for want of a better word. 100%. So if you think of the immediacy of social media, and social media, whether we like it or not, is something that's driving not only individual profiles, it's driving businesses, it's driving a whole bunch of things on levels that we, I guess, at times struggle to comprehend. The immediacy of having content available and quality content available, and I'm just giving one example here in terms of social media, being able to manipulate and put forward an image that represents you as a brand or your company as a brand or whatever it is that you're putting out there at the drop of a hat. Without any laptop or fancy processing or anything. fiddling and then uploading again. You do it on the fly. It's become... Invaluable, And the, the big benefit, I mean, apart from all this computational stuff that's going on on the device, what are the main benefits of having so many lenses? What does it, what does it bring to the average guy who might really want to take good pictures? So the average guy will not necessarily be interested in the tech behind what is happening. Fair He's enough. interested in the, in the, in the, finished, in yeah. the finished product. So for me to make sense for that guy in terms of understanding why the image is the way that it is and why you can do it, you do with it what you want to do or can do is the fact that these cameras or these lenses operate completely independently of each other and they'll capture pretty mad different perspectives five different perspectives whether it's depth breadth um, hue actual, color whatever color, whatever it is 
they are capturing those and then knitting the image. And then the, the computer system or the processor and the software are actually computationally it's putting this together. It's 100%. That's exactly what it is. And do you think that in many ways this competes with the big sort of standalone cameras that people have been using for years to get superior pictures? I've often asked myself that question. I'm sure you, you have too, <laughs> being in, in the tech space. I don't, I don't think that you could yet. I don't think you could, you could replace an SLR camera right now it's it's getting there um do you have do you have the what is the word um you don't have the you 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 aren't able to use the kind of lenses on an slr camera no fair enough enough. yeah in terms of distance photography and all that good stuff there's still a lot of you know there's a lot of stuff that has to happen there but for the average guy guy, 100 percent Stephen, I, I don't know and i was chatting to my wife about this the other night i can't remember when last i used my slr camera because everything that I take photos of, or occasions that I need to take photos, I now use my mobile phone. And, and it works perfectly for you. Regular users are ex- exactly, or it, it, it does the job. And the rest, moving a little bit away from the camera, I mean, the cameras are pretty exceptional. I, I had the fortune of playing with this device and taking a few pictures in, I must admit, a quite well set up little environment, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. The fact is the amount of computational photography, the amount of, of effects and stuff that you can do on the fly is, yeah. is mind-boggling. Yes. A couple of years ago, only professionals had access to that level exactly. of, of tech. Exactly. But tell me a little bit more about the phone itself. It's still, it's pitched at the high level, but it's not priced at that level. Yeah. Let's, let's get that one out of the exactly. way. Exactly. So, so I guess to give perspective in terms of pricing, um, where if you were a prepaid type customer or buying the phone cash only, you're looking at 12999. Which uh, is mid-range by high-end pricing today. Yeah. right. And if you were a 24-month contract type customer, you'd be looking at six ninety nine a month over 24 months. Which is really Which super is competitive, fair. considering the nutsness that's going on in the world exactly. in South Africa now. Every rand counts. Exactly. So you're getting a really high-end device, and the build quality is right up there with the with Comparable the top to, stuff. To the best. I think, and Stephen, again, you know this better than anyone. If, you, if you're going to have a tech spec race with your competition at every possible turn, you're going to drive yourself insane. No doubt. The standard has been set. You know, the hardware build has to be this. The processing speed has to be this. Um, yeah, the size of, of of screen has to be this. The resolution has to be that. We tick all those boxes. So, that, that becomes so from a, a from a pure tech point of view, this is a, a device that's right up there with all the latest specs yeah, exactly. and techs, and exactly. you, no one would feel shortchanged. No, no. And, but the key differentiator is obviously the imaging ability of the device, and then obviously, as you know, the pure secure up to good up to Well, talk about standard. that. I mean, have you found that that's been a big selling point for you guys on Nokia? Just give us a little, uh, some of our listeners may not have heard yeah. me go on about, uh, you know, uh, Android yeah. 1 or whatever they call it these days. But what does it mean to have a pure Android build on your phone? Again, for the layman, it would be a version of Android as intended by Google. That's exactly how it is that they want their operating system to be represented out there. It's a blank canvas, and it's the ability for a consumer picking up a piece of hardware, and I, for this instance, it's our devices, and loading what it is they want to load. So the apps they want. Exactly. There's no duplication. There's no overlay. There's no... No skinning. No bloatware. No nothing. Nothing. It's just standard stock Android. 100%. The single biggest benefit of having that, for those that don't know, is that our security updates happen a lot quicker. You get monthly updates, security updates, 
for three years of that device. And that's a big deal because there are a lot of devices, even high-end devices, after a year or two, you just do not get updates. 100% right. Operating system updates. So you talk about Oreo, Nougat, and now Pi. We were one of the first to roll out Pi as, as the operating system. We can do that at that speed because we don't have the bloatware. And there's no time to fiddle around. It's pure. It just it deploys and it integrates. And I must admit, I, a lot of people ask me about this, and I've noticed some two-year-old flagships don't want to load certain apps 100%. simply because the security is no longer there, and there's, there's challenges around that. Android's always been a bit messy, but yeah. this way you're assured of the latest version of Android pretty much as it releases globally. Exactly. So, so now that's just for, for perspective for your listeners. If you look at our portfolio, our smart device portfolio currently, every single one of those devices are now running Pi. Okay, which is and the only, latest Android 9. The, the latest Android 9. And only one of them launched with Pi. <laughs> so that just puts it into perspective. Okay, that, yeah. two years of portfolio that are all, all those devices are now running Pi with Can only we, one of them that actually launched with Pi. So that illustrates the speed with which... I must tell you, there are very few companies that can even boast that. that And we're talking about devices from two grand upwards. So we're not talking fancy, expensive devices. I'll give you a practical example. and You Mm. would have experienced this with our our Nokia 5 launch, which was launched at MWC in 2017. That was launched on Oreo. It's gone through Nougat. It's now running Pi. It's a two-year-old device. It's on the latest... That's brilliant. I think that's, and I mean, more than anything, that actually is something that people can count on. And and in this mad world of of all sorts of hacking and nonsense and security, it's actually very important. Massively important, yeah. And that's a major differentiator. There's hardly any of the smaller brands that are even close to that level of of update. And you'll see them, our mantra now, and, and it forms part of a campaign we're rolling out very, very soon, is it just keeps getting better. That's cool. And, and, and the reason for that is that with these regular updates and with the operating system updates that we're, we're delivering to our products, things like battery life are getting better. No, there's no the doubt. From Android 8 to Android 9, there was a massive efficiency jump exactly. in terms of battery life and, and just the slickness and speed exactly. and the feel of the phone. Exactly. And Stephen, you'll know too, as, as a commentator, market, market commentator, 2018 globally from a smartphone perspective was, was tough. It was tough for everyone. Yeah, it was. It was very, very I think it's the first year where it actually globally, the, the market shrank, it didn't exactly. grow. Exactly. Now, in that time, we shipped three times the number of smart devices. So, obviously, your value prepos- proposition is resonating somewhere. Exactly. Now, give us, I can tell you we are running out of time again. I can see we're nearly there. Just give us a quick highlight of, of where Nokia are going, what your next steps are. I mean, you've got now a true statement flagship in the Nokia 9. Yep. You've got devices all the way down to two grand, which are running the latest version of Android, and yes. mostly aluminium and glass. They all look cool yep. and feel pretty cool yep. with decent cameras yep. across the whole range. Yep. Where do you see this going in the next year? What are, your, what are the highlights of, of 2019 going to be for you guys? For, for us, it's about further entrenching ourselves in the, 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 the price band that we're, you know, we started at the outset and focusing on. We've covered the low end. We've got the Nokia one at sub-1,000 Rand retail, so 999, soon to get even better. Oh, good. We've now got above that. We've got, um, as, as Hopefully you know, the Rand keeps going the way it's going. <laughs> yeah. Your lips exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And at MWC, we launched the Nokia One Plus, which is a completely new value proposition. That's going to retail at around the 1500 mark. We've then got a product coming in at 1999. We've got a product coming in at 2499. We've got a product coming in at uh, 2999. So that's where we're going to focus. 
we're going to drive depth within those franchises. So the one series, the two series, the three series, and we're going to introduce the 420, as you know, um, at, at, from MWC. That's a new introduction into the portfolio. At the higher end, we've now got the, the PureView, the Nokia 9 PureView, and all that does is flexes our muscles and tells people we can innovate, guys. You know, we have the ability to innovate. Are we going to move hundreds of thousands of the devi- these devices first up? No, no but not. probably expect not more lenses on the on on the, the twos, threes, and fours yeah, going forward. Exactly. So it's how do we then flesh out and create even better depth and even better value in that that you know that mid mid high range of ours, and that's going to be the absolute focus in 2019. We're going to enhance our partnerships even further we, I can yes, tell you right now that I, the, 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 the level of, of the, the, the health of the relationship that we have with our channel partners is, is at an all time high both at operator and at mass retail and that shows that they, they like the product they, they can it. rely on the product yeah. and it, it gives them what they need to go to market exactly no mess no fuss it's clean it works and it, and it delivers value for them and more importantly for their consumers as well so that's priority number one brilliant but, uh, sorry and on that note I'm afraid <laughs> we are over time I have to call it a day no, but thanks so much for joining us and uh, we'll chat soon I look forward to more lenses and more innovation coming forward. Thanks, Mary. Thanks so much. Much appreciated. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And I must tell you, just to give you a quick update, I've played with the Nokia 9, and it is without question a flagship phone at a really remarkably good price. And if you're into photography and camera stuff, I will review it. I'm getting one for extended review in the next couple of weeks, and uh, I'll let you know what I think. But my initial impressions are that this is a truly innovative device with five cameras on the rear, three black and white, two color, um, and it does in combination with all the computational photography that goes on within the processor, it does the most remarkable job of taking spectacular uh, photographs from a simple smartphone. So it does all the smartphone stuff as well, obviously, uh, but uh, definitely a big step forward in, in photography. And uh, before we get into my well, I'm not even doing a gadget of the day this week. I'm doing a, a, a quick review, sort of hands-on review of the new Samsung A-series, which was launched yesterday, because I think they're going to be pretty significant in the market. And the market has uh, grown and changed quite considerably. But before we get to that, we have another quick live read, and it's all about Pesach. It's all about getting to Norwood Mall. Um, that's where that pick and pay is, by the way, if you didn't know that. But their Pesach gift market is on until the 19th of April, which is next week. We are open daily in the center court from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., excluding Saturdays. We have about 20 stalls with an incredible range of gifts to suit all pockets and tastes. Our resident stores also have amazing gifts on offer. So please come and browse uh, at the Norwood Mall for all your Pesach gifts. I'm sure there's going to be something for everybody. And you can support some of your favorite charities who also represented there. So pop on down to Norwood Mall for the next week. Now, moving on to something that was pretty interesting. As I said earlier, there's just been an avalanche of brand new phones from the the Honor, from the big players are, are essentially flooding the market. From So Huawei have launched the Honor series or some Honor flagship phones at really good pricing with amazing tech abilities. They also launched their new P30 Pro, the P30 and the P30 Lite. So that goes from top of the 
of the mid-range all the way to the high end with some spectacular features, unbelievable cameras. And what is happening is that last year was a bit of a, a I wouldn't call it a gray year, but it was a bit of a non-year from the point of view of mobile phone innovation. It was the year that Huawei grew globally enormously, pushed itself to number two behind Samsung globally. So really a massive push in that space and have become a significant player. But what has happened is that this year, I think all that growth, all that change has finally made the top guys. And we wait to see what Apple come up with. But you take the Apples, the Huaweis, the Samsungs of this world, and you realize that competition actually always is good. I wouldn't say Samsung were uh, sitting back and not innovating over the last couple of years. They certainly were. Their Galaxy range, their other products were really top-notch. But the push, the sheer amount of effort, money that Huawei has been putting into the market, putting into R&D, putting into products at very competitive prices, starting with the P-Series last year, the P20, P20 Pro, P20 Lite, I think has certainly woken up the giant that is uh, Samsung. And they are number one globally. They ship more phones than anybody out there. And they make a super high-quality device. Their Galaxy S10, even now, I've just got myself the P30 Pro to play with. Even now, I would say the Galaxy S10 would probably be, on balance, the best phone to uh, to beat, or the Android phone to beat for 2019. But the bottom line really is that Samsung have woken up to the challenge that their friends close to them in China have thrown at them. Huawei have offered tremendous technology, amazing build quality for very good pricing. Well, Samsung have just come back with their answer to all of that, and that is their new Galaxy A-series smartphones. And at the launch, um, they really clearly have focused it on the mid-range. Samsung now got a device from 1,200 Rand all the way up to 13,000 Rand, for every single pocket, and all of them, with the exception of their 1200 Rand one, have are covered in the A series. Now, the A series starts at one um, at at two four nine nine. The A two core, which is the entry level, I'm I'm not. Uh, it is part of the A series, but not entirely part of the A series. Um, and my phone is just loving to listen to me. Starts the A10 starts at two four nine nine. They then got the A20 at two triple nine. The A30 at four four nine nine. The A50 at six triple nine. The A70 at seven triple nine. And then their flagship Galaxy A80, which has got the coolest feature that I've seen. Just makes you smile every time you use it. I'll talk about it in a minute. Is at twelve triple nine. All of them share a couple of really key features. One. They all have more than sufficient memory. Gone are the days where you're going to have uh, your phone telling you that it's run out of RAM or run out of ROM. You can't install additional programs. That happened on some budget phones. Even the budget entry-level A10 comes with 2 gig of RAM. That's the uh, an octa-core processor, four processors in one, 6.2-inch screen um, with a decent rear camera, 13 megapixel, and 32 gigs of of RAM, that's where all your pictures go, um, which is expandable up to 512 gigabytes. And that sells for 1999. And I must tell you, the quality of the screen, they've put a top-notch AMOLED screen into that, and it's really standout brilliant. The A20 adds more processor speed, adds more memory, 
adds a slightly bigger uh, screen, a couple more features, and so it goes for the A30 and the A50. <coughs> well, the cool, the cool part, and I can see we have to have another quick break for an advert, but the cool part of all of this is that the new the new A80 is a flagship at a ridiculous price. It's got a fantastic swivel camera. When you click on selfies, it, a little panel slides up and the camera flips around so you get the full resolution front camera running as a selfie, uh, the rear camera running as a selfie camera. I'll talk more about that uh, straight after this. And then I've got the coolest website for radio listeners, because you're listening to the radio, coming up after that. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Hi there, and this is a brilliant initiative. Pick and Pay um, are going to are asking you, the listeners of this radio station, to help find a needy family in the community who Pick and Pay Norwood Hyper will reward with 1,500 rand to spend in the store on Food for Pesach. Well, we're pleased to tell you that the first family has already got their voucher. But if you know of a family who is going through financial difficulties and could do a little, could do with a little Pesach present from Pick and Pay Hyper Nord, please email a motivating letter to info, info at highfm.com. Please do that. Send this motivating letter. It just would help someone out who really needs it. In, in the time of, of our freedom, you can help bring a little freedom too. Now just to wrap up the whole Samsung Galaxy a series. One thing that stood out across all the series, the build quality is exceptional, really, really good for the money. The pricing is super competitive, both cash and on contract uh, across all the networks that are going to be selling it from what I can see. The user experience is the One UI, which is standard across all the Samsung Galaxy products, and it really is a huge improvement. It makes it slick, easy, and simple to operate the phones. The cameras are really good, and the screens are a standout winner. They're some of the best quality screens I've seen across smartphones, bar the Samsung S10, that I've ever played with. And as for the... Um, the A80, well, that flipping camera and the selfie sw- swiveling camera is just absolutely brilliant. Brings a smile to my face every time. But it's still built like a flagship. Outstanding screen, tons of memory, tons of storage, fast processor, smooth operating system. And, of course, the A50 and the A80 come with Apple Pay. Apple Pay. I, 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 I Really, Samsung will shoot me. Samsung Pay. <laughs> we don't have Apple Pay in South Africa, so I'll have to correct that. They come with Samsung Pay as well, so you can use them to pay using your credit card, which is really, really slick. I've used it everywhere, and here's a quick update. Available at Woolworths as we speak. Woolworths have switched on tap to pay, so you can use your Samsung Pay as well as your Fitbit Pay at Woolworths now to pay for your groceries. Nothing wrong with that. And you can add your um, Woolworths card onto being an Absa card onto Samsung Pay as far as I'm aware. So I'll check that out and let you know about that. So if you're looking for a, these phones, the A50 and A80 will come a little bit later. The A70, sorry, and the A80 will come a little bit later, but the other ones, the A10, 20, and 30, will be available very shortly across the country, and I'll get a couple to review and let you know what my thoughts are. But I think this is a very credible uh, approach to the the mid-range, strategically priced, excellent quality. Um, So if you're a Samsung fan, I think you check them out. And even if you're not a Samsung fan, I think you check out these new Samsung phones. I think they really are worthy of inclusion should you be looking for a brand new phone.
And on that note, I'm going to have one more quick live read before we call it a day. And then I'm going to talk about something called Radio Garden. Now, Radio Garden is an Internet streaming service which allows you to connect to hundreds of thousands of radio stations around the world very simply on your Android phone, your your iPhone, or on your computer. So now uh, I want to talk about Pick and Pay's Pesach Dash. So you could shoot down the aisle, fill your store, fill your trolley in 60 seconds, and not pay Pick and Pay. Well, it's Pick and Pay's Hyper's Big Big trolley dash. So whatever you buy, whatever you buy at Pick and Pay Norwood, you simply write your details on the back of your slip, put it in the box in the information kiosk, and you will be entered in. If your name is drawn and you are in store on the 18th, then you will become the one, the one and only dasher. You, whatever you put in your trolley from Pesach Island, 60 seconds, you take home free with the compliments of Pick and Pay. The trolley dash draws on the 18th of April, and you have to be in the store in order to win. Pick and Pay, Hyper Norwood, the best place to shop if you want to buy a lot or win a lot for that matter. Anyway, moving on to my, call it an app. It's not even a gadget. I don't know what you call it, but Radio Garden Internet Radio. All you need to do is go to the website radio.garden now that's the most strange url you've ever heard but it's as simple as that radio or radio.garden simple go to radio garden click play and a global pop-up on your screen on your phone on your computer with little blue dots everywhere and as you zoom in and touch on them radio stations will play high fm's there in johannesburg it'll automatically take you to johannesburg but you can go anywhere in the world it is absolutely brilliant as you touch them they play automatically if there's a ton of radio stations like in london all the bbc stations new york what you will find on the right of the screen is a listing of all the radio stations and you can scroll through them and you can save your favorite ones to your your favorites list it works brilliantly on your phone not so not so much on the computer but it is brilliant. The quality is excellent. The streaming is instantaneous. And if you really are missing Kazakhstan or your home in Bulgaria, all their stations are available. It is just absolutely remarkable how many radio stations are out there. And it's just one of the coolest little apps. It was built in Holland. And um, they're refining it continuously, but it works brilliantly. You can keep it in the background, play music on your phone, listen to your favorite radio station, catch up on the news from pretty much anywhere in the world. Tons in South Africa, tons in Africa, tons all over the show. And on that note, I'm being told we've run out of time on this radio station, which you should be listening to all the time. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right here on High FM.